0: All right. Good afternoon, uh, producer Susan. You all set for your big snow? Uh, what big snow? What? That's that's what I said. What big snow? Was we it...
1: we actually got some. Uh, what day? I guess Monday night. We got about a half inch, but nothing to you know.
0: I still haven't seen haven't seen even a flake here. Anyway, so some interesting stuff. So, by the way, today is December twentieth. You know what that makes tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow is the winter solstice. That's right, December twenty first, the shortest day of the year, which means Friday the days start getting longer. So all right. right. So winter solstice is Thursday, the 21st, which is probably the day this will get this will get published. All right. Um, Anyway, so here's what we're going to try to squeeze in today in, in the day before the shortest day of the year. Our quote of the week is by our old friend, economist and author Thomas Sowell on how on how many people today view the success of others. Um, We'll tell you about what giant of the electronics industry has just been delisted from Japan's stock exchange and will most most likely disappear completely in the next few years. It'll probably surprise you because I guarantee you at one time or another, you've had some of their products in your house. Um, And the stupidest thing I've heard all week, we'll tell you about the proposal that required police officers to get permission before they could draw their guns. Can you imagine (laughs) such a thing? You're a cop, you need somebody's permission to draw your gun? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you hear my voice is still a little raspy. We're recording this a day late because I had no voice last night. All right. We'll revisit one of our prior prior stupidest things I've heard all week nominees and give you more detail about college students blindly repeating the pro-Palestinian chant from the river to the sea without understanding what that means. And this being the week before Christmas, we'll tell you why, despite all of the female names given to Santa's reindeer, that all of them actually had to be females, not males. Yep. 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 We'll tell you why the Biden administration is stalling the sale of 20,000 M16 rivals to Israel and ask if the reason for that decision makes any sense. We'll tell you how many people have been added to the terrorist watch list, also known as the no fly list and how your name could wind up on that same list. Um, By the way, do you have any idea how people's names get on the no-fly list?
1: I have no idea.
0: Well, you're going to learn tonight. Um, We'll give you another example of how the media is using language to demonize guns instead of the people misusing them. And time permitting, uh, we have a clip um, uh, of a parody electric vehicle and with all the electric vehicles piling up on dealers lots and manufacturers cutting back on EV production. Uh, We'll play that parody if we have time. It's about a three minute parody ad about if EV uh, manufacturers were honest about their cars and our taxpayer relief shot segment comes to this this week, again from Texas, where a single woman shoots and kills a teenager trying to break into her home at three o'clock in the the morning. My question is, and this is a young teenager, what is a young teenager doing on the street at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, so here's our quote by author and economist Thomas Sowell, who we've we've quoted in the past. Uh, now remember when success used to be revered; people used to, you know, talk about the. Uh, they used to admire the success of, you know, people like Henry Ford and and now. So, but he, today, everybody, a lot of people look at the they they that disdain. They view these people as evil. You know, the billionaires. So here's his quote: "There has now been created a world." In which the success of others has become a grievance rather than example. And I can attest from the time I spend on some of these liberal websites. As a rule, Democrats and liberals hate rich people. They hate successful people. Uh, they view them as the enemy. We need to tax them out of existence. So I don't know if you admire successful people or not, but you know, I take I think people like Michael Dell, who started a computer business in his college dorm room, you know, or Bill Gates, by the way couple of his buddies, they started with nothing and mm-hmm. built a multi-billion dollar empire. I have great admiration for people like that. Yeah. Uh, Warren Buffett, um, mm-hmm. very humble beginnings and they, they become billionaires. So, but it, today the liberal world views success, uh, as somebody to be angry that they're hoarding money and their money needs to be taken away. They need to be taxed out of existence. So I just think it's sad that so many people now view success as a grievance instead of a, an example to aspire to. And by the way, you know, Jeff Bezos started selling books. And when he created Amazon, he was basically selling books out of his garage. He was literally boxing and 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 wrapping and taping the boxes and carrying them down to the UPS store himself. That's how mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos got started. Yet liberals, by and large, hate Jeff Bezos. Uh, did you did you I know think how they that they
1: probably ha- all shop on Amazon?
0: They all shop on Amazon. All right. So here's the stupidest thing I've heard all week. Now, there's a, a far-left publication called Slate, and they published an article uh, calling for the adoption of laws at the city and state level that would require police officers to get permission from head, from headquarters before removing their weapons from a lockbox that would be inside their cruisers. In other words, when they got out of their cruisers, they wouldn't have their guns with them. Um, and uh, and can you imagine your, your police officer and you're reporting headquarters, I'm pulling over a drunk driver, I'm pulling over a guy without a taillight, and you walk up, and you've seen these on TV shows where the cop walks up to the guy, and, he, and unbeknownst to the cop, this is a wanted fugitive or a drug dealer. Yeah. And, and, he, and he opens the window and starts shooting at the cop, right? You've, you've yeah, seen absolutely. So can you imagine you're the cop, and you don't have your gun on you to shoot back because yeah. it's in the car, because you didn't have permission from headquarters to take your gun out of the lockbox?
1: yeah it, that's that's not realistic at all
0: i mean is there even another contender does that qualify That's might be the stupidest thing i've heard yeah. all year yeah and, and by the way and another example of mark twain you know figures don't lie but fires liars figure they cite a bunch of dubious st- statistics trying to justify this and um, how many people were killed by that have been killed by police that were quote allegedly unarmed at the time mm-hmm. they were shot well one of the things i do every year is i go down And I summarize how many police officers are murdered every year. And by the way, you know, if you try to run somebody over with your car and they shoot you, you know, because you're trying to run an officer over with your car, that gets classified that you were, quote, unarmed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If you're a 200-pound man and you have a female, on top of a female police officer uh, on her back, on the pavement, and you're punching her in the face and she gets her gun out of her holster and shoots you, Mm -hmm. you are unarmed. And they're quoting these ridiculous figures about how many quote unarmed people are killed. Um, if you're trying to get the officer's gun out of if you have the officer in the headlock and you're trying to get his gun out of his holster and he pulls it and shoots you, you are unarmed when you were shot. And they quote yeah. these ridiculous statistics. By the way, you wanna you wanna guess how many police officers have been murdered so far this year?
1: Oh, I I hope the number is low, but uh fifty?
0: Yep, one a week, fifty-four, one a week. Yep one a week now by the way now these are all intentional now in a typical year now yes we hear people they'll you know, mistake the guy had a. they mistook his cell phone it was dark the guy had a cell phone on his hand the guy thought cop thought it was a gun mm-hmm. but he didn't intentionally decide i'm going to illegally murder this guy it, you know i mean when was the last time you heard of a cop deciding to intentionally commit an act of murder homicide
1: yeah, I don't. I, I I don't think anybody intends right. to do that.
0: Even Derek Chauvin, do you think he intended to kill that guy?
1: Yeah, I don't think that was his intent. It, no. unfortunately, that's what happened. But right. I, that but, was not his. He didn't go into that situation with that intent.
0: Right. But so far this year, fifty-four police officers have been intentionally murdered. In other words, when the when the crook either decided to pull his gun and shoot at the officer or run him down with his car, uh, he intended with malice aforethought, forethought intended to kill the police officer. You never hear about that. And by the way, that's the fifty four were killed for everyone that was actually killed. You know, another three or four were seriously injured by a guy shooting at them. So, you know, every year and they don't take that into effect, by the way, that because um, they quote that while well, being a cop is being safer than being a garbage man, you know, because garbage men get hit by, uh, you know, you know, drunk drivers and whatnot. If cops weren't armed, I guarantee you that 54 would be 154 because, you know, many, many police officers save their lives by being able to shoot back at the people who are trying to kill them. Um, so that's another use of how they misuse those statistics. All right. You want to move on to uh, electronics or you want to stay with that for a while?
1: No, let's talk about electronics.
0: All right. Have you ever owned an electronic product by owned by Toshiba, TV, VCR? Tape, yeah, deck.
1: probably, yeah, probably a, a television or something or a VCR.
0: You know, thinking back, I've actually got some Toshiba, I've got some tape decks and VCRs in my basement that have Toshiba, and I distinctly remember having a Toshiba TV in my uh, in my bedroom. Toshiba has just been delisted by the Japanese stock exchange, um, and they're you know they're they're on the verge of going out of business, so they, they were at one time the largest Japanese company, they were bigger than Mitsubishi. Uh, they were bigger than panasonic um so toshiba uh talk about a rise and fall i think toshiba was at its peak probably in the 70s and 80s and mm-hmm. they've gone from being the largest most profitable electronics company not only in japan but in the entire world they were even bigger well sony was of course sony was in into uh into movies and tv and But uh, Toshiba was the largest electronics company in the world, and they've just been delisted on the Japanese stock exchange.
1: Yeah, these companies, if they want to stay competitive in the marketplace, they need to continuously evolve.
0: Evolve, absolutely, and and stop making and and their their downfall is also um, based on a lot of I think very dumb financial decisions, which I think hindered their ability to continue to make R and D investments. So Mm -hmm. the two kind of go hand in hand. They made some incredibly stupid. Financial decisions, which cost them billions of dollars, which mm-hmm. I then think resulted in them cutting back on R and D. Um, anyway, um, you know, one of our nominees from last week was U.S. Uh, stupidest thing was U.S. calls repeating the pro palestinian chant from the river to the sea. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they were asked and polled, well, what does that mean? Half of them had no idea what river, what sea. Yeah, as you and I discussed, but never got published because it was one of our podcasts that didn't get recorded. It it means from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, which are basically Mm -hmm. the boundaries of Israel. So first of all, they're saying from the river to the sea, and they don't know what river or what sea. And then they say, well, what does that mean from the river to the sea? It basically means the end of the end of the state of Israel. Now there are 9 million Jews living in Israel. And so if the Palestinians were in fact to achieve their goal of of controlling all the lands from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, that would basically be the end of the Israeli state. Mm -hmm. And they don't even know that they're chanting for that too, because obviously that would mean the death of those. Well, they, I don't know where 9 million Jews would flee to, but certainly uh, Hamas would not let them continue to live Mm -hmm. in what is now Israel if they succeeded in achieving their goal of taking control of all the lands from the Mm -hmm. river to the sea. So, the, to talk about useful idiots again Karl Marx uh, the founder of the communist manifesto he coined the phrase useful idiots." He, of course he didn't use it was in Russian but he, he said it was he, he used that term to describe ignorant people who could be persuaded to believe repeat and act on misinformation mm-hmm. propagated by those who wish to enlist their ignorant and unknowing aid and from my perspective college students chanting from the river to the sea without knowing what it means are the very definition of useful idiots? Would you agree or disagree with that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. You, you know, I'm all in favor of you know freedom of speech and peaceful protest, but you got to know what it is that you're protesting against. Right.
0: Oh, by the way, on that topic, I just posted, uh, and maybe I can put it in the notes, and you can post it. Bill Maher has a brilliant eight-minute uh, mm-hmm. uh, piece he did on on the history of Palestine and Israel. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of humor in it too. But he talks about the his the history of Israel and Palestine, and mm-hmm. he compares what's happening there to uh, other uh, great. Um, and he go he's going back hundreds of years to similar, you know, where, you know, have the Muslims invaded southern Europe, and he talks about the the Cossacks and whatnot. And I urge people to find the Bill Maher clip. It's too long to play here. It's eight minutes. But Bill Maher does a brilliant piece on the Israeli uh, Hamas conflict. And, um, you
1: know, as we also, too, as we head into this, this holy week of of Christmas, you know, the, the birthplace of, I think also people forget about, you know, what is the meaning of Christmas? It's the birth of, of, you know, baby Jesus. Right. The birthplace of baby Jesus is Bethlehem, which is in Israel, which is, you know. Well, actually,
0: like, it's in, well, actually, believe it or not. Bethlehem is now part of the Palestinian controlled West Bank. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point that was predominantly uh, uh, populated by Christians. And when the -hmm. West Bank area of Israel was given, which included Bethlehem, was given Mm -hmm. to the Palestinians, they drove out all the Christians. So the Christian Holy Land of Bethlehem is now occupied um, by the Palestinian Muslims. So how's that Yet yeah they, and
1: there is no celebration they they when the war broke out many weeks ago there was a decision that there would not be a, a christmas celebration in bethlehem because that's of right the
0: conflict. right and it is bethlehem is now controlled uh by palestinian muslims so mm-hmm. all right so i think you know this but i bet most people don't know why santa's reindeers are all males or all females rather
1: i i do know this right yes.
0: and this is from a vet so and this is a quote from a veterinarian he said, unlike horns, which are never shed, antlers fall are fall off and grow mm-hmm. back larger each year. Yep. However, male male reindeers begin to grow their antlers in February, and females don't start to grow theirs till May. Mm-hmm. Both sexes sexes finish growing their antlers at the same time, but shed them different times. Typically, males drop their reindeers in the late fall, mm-hmm. leaving them without antlers until the following spring while females keep their antlers through the winter until calves are born in the spring, which means every time you see a picture of Santa and his reindeer at Christmas and they've got antlers, they're females, despite their male names. Yep. All right. So there's a little fun fact about Christmas. Um, Going back to Israel. So Israel had requested to buy, not be given, they wanted to buy 20,000 M16 rifles. Now we've already talked about how on October the sixth, the vast that despite the perception to the to the, the contrary, gun ownership is extremely low in in Israel. Only two percent of the general population owns guns. Uh, it's very very tough. Up until now, it's been very very tough to own a gun. And the only successful defense of attack was we 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 talked about this in one of our podcasts. A female Israeli soldier heard the shooting in the distance had the keys to a military armory, unlocked the armory, distributed guns to all the unarmed citizens or residents of the kibbutz. And those armed citizens who didn't have guns before she gave them the guns were able to uh, turn back and kill two dozen Hamas terrorists. That's the only kibbutz that survived unscathed. Well, the Israelis now recognizing the error of their waves, said, hey, we want to buy 20,000 M16 rifles to distribute to our citizens who live near the Lebanon, the border of Lebanon and the Gaza Strip. The Biden administration is now stalling that sale out of fear that those citizens might use them, those rifles offensively, instead of just defensively. Um, So my my, my message to Biden, not your issue to try to manage from 10,000 miles away. So your preference is to leave, those citizens open to another slaughter by, mm-hmm. say, Hezbollah coming over the Lebanese border some night, mm-hmm. the border of Lebanon. Yeah, um, I mean, what's your view? Should the Biden administration be interfering with the with the safety of Israeli civilians?
1: You know, I think we we have a duty to to help bring peace. But yeah, we this is. I mean we have so many palestinian and jewish people living in the united states and we obviously have some political interests in you know out over there but you know it is complicated for sure It's complicated
0: but still i mean without those guns they're going to be open to another you know another Mm -hmm. early morning attack yeah and it's not just hamas you've got hamas and then of course in lebanon you've got hezbollah that's been firing rockets you know every day into israel yeah and you know, remember, Israel's only the size of New Jersey. So we're talking for Hezbollah. Gaza
1: is the size of Manhattan.
0: Gaza is the size of Manhattan. So, you know, for Hamas or Hezbollah to come back into Israel is like somebody coming over the George Washington Bridge into New Jersey or mm-hmm. coming over the uh, from Philadelphia into New Jersey, like from Lebanon to, yeah. to where I live is like coming over from Lebanon into the mm-hmm. Israeli settlements is like Philadelphia to my house. It's not that far. You could... You could be here in 45 minutes. So uh, I, I think those people need to be have the ability to defend themselves.
1: And one of the reasons why, you know, the when the war broke out, you know, it was a lot of it was in the middle of the night and these people were caught off guard too.
0: Off guard. Even if they said, even if they heard them coming. By the way, some of these people locked them so they had safe rooms. Well, since there was nobody there, it, it took, you know, some of them, it was reported it, it took them like Hamas spent like an hour and a half and finally, you know, blew open their safe rooms because there was just no place for them to go. They had no guns. They yeah. locked themselves in their safe rooms. And even then, Hamas got to them after an hour and a half. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you want to you know if you're on the no-fly list?
1: Yeah. How, how do I know that?
0: Well, first of all, how many people do you think got added to the no-fly list last year?
1: Oh, probably a few thousand, I'm guessing.
0: How about 150,000? Wow. In 12 months, that's more than 10,000 a month got added to the no-fly list. And by the way, you want you know how many names are currently on the list?
1: How many? I'm probably even a million.
0: Two million. Two million. And you know who's been added to that list from time to time? Uh, because it's so easy to get put on by mistake. You've had two United States congressmen and one senator. <laughs> 20 peace activists, including a 74-year-old Catholic nun. Free speech advocates, including ACLU members King Downing and uh, David Papi. Constitutional scholars such as Professor Walter Murphy of Princeton, a four-year-old boy on his way to visit his grandmother, a Stanford University student who was the victim of a bureaucratic mistake, and 72 employees of the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> well, well, surely there must be stringent guidelines for being added to the list, right? Yeah. Well, of course, sir. Here's seven, here's seven ways your name could get added to the list. You could raise, quote, reasonable suspicion that you might pose a threat. Reasonable suspicion is not defined, and there is no requirement that your nomination to the list be accompanied by any irrefutable evidence or facts. You could post something on Twitter or Facebook that makes someone think you might be a threat. Your neighbor, ex-girlfriend, or former spouse could report you as being a potentially dangerous individual. You could be determined to be a representative of a terrorist group, even if you have neither membership nor association with that organization. you have a friend or relative that unknown to you is already on the watch list so if you've got a relative that's on the watch list you might get added just because you're related to that people you can belong to a cat quote category of people that can be added en masse by executive order or an edict from the heads of fbi or homeland security now categories of people could include everything from being quote a member of the nra or a member of the tea party so if somebody decides you know. Those are NRA members, they're, they're dangerous. We need to add them to the watch list. You could get added, added to the no fly list just because you're a member of the NRA. If somebody decided that being a member of the NRA was uh you know, potentially dangerous. And by the way, and you've got no recourse. There's no appeal. You don't even know it until you try to fly one day and you're denied boarding because you're you were inadvertent, you were unknowns to you put on the list. And of course, by accident, because some bureaucrat checked the wrong box on the form. <laughs> Um, so just remember, there's no due process before being placed on this list and no impartial due process for getting yourself off the list. So that's how the, the our no-fly or terrorist watch list, also known as the no-fly list, works. It, typically, what do you think? Great, great, great uh, example of bureaucracy?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. All right. We've talked about in the past how media uses language to demonize certain things. Well, and of course, they demonize guns. And here's why language matters. If you read the link story about youth homicide in Indianapolis, you would find this sentence. And here's a quote from the story. When he was shot and killed two weeks earlier, Ward became the 15th teenager killed by a firearm in Indianapolis this year. Note he was killed by a firearm, not killed by a person. So my question is, have the police located and arrested that firearm? If so, will the district attorney be filing first or second degree murder charges against that firearm? If first degree, will the DA be seeking the death or destruction penalty for that firearm? So note, there's no mention of the person who was the actual killer, only the tool that the actual killer used. Language matters. It's subtle, but how many people do you think picked up on the fact that they were were demonizing the gun and not the person who did the shooting?
1: Yeah, guns don't kill people. People kill people. That's
0: right. All right. We got time for a parody ad on electric vehicles? Uh, sure. How much time we got
1: uh, we got about 10 minutes
0: all right so this is a parody this is if if um electric vehicle manufacturers were honest about their cars and let me turn this up and i might have to back this up one second here
2: sexy think electric vehicles can't be sexy think they're just for lentil munching soy boys Think car companies are propagating the myth that EVs are the key to saving the planet in order to divert blame for the climate crisis onto individual consumers? Well, think again. Or better yet, don't think at all. Introducing the Rajvold Don't Think, Just Drive Sales event. Our lineup of electric vehicles has something for everyone. From the granola yuppie. See the little leaf in the logo there? That's important to me. To the tech bro. I'm pretty much the modern day Thomas Edison. My friends call me that, not as a joke. Even exhausted parents with a constant internal hum of climate anxiety.
3: Who has time to save the planet when soccer practice starts in 10 minutes?
2: Want to feel better about the environment and yourself? Then you want an electric vehicle. Don't think. Don't think. Get in the car. Now. Just drive. We've spent a fortune on nostalgic IP and picture-quality visual effects to distract your monkey brain from all that thinking. Get behind the wheel of an all-new Rajvolt Gaia, while Smokey the Bear gets a tug job from Brute, if that's what it takes. Or try the high-tech Rajvolt Futura, with charging time so fast, you'll wonder how we managed to shove a catheter up the almighty urethra of Zeus himself. Put the pedal to the metal in a Rajvolt Planeteer with torque so powerful it'll feel like you're getting bottomed by Captain Goddamn Planet. Just do yourself a favor. Don't think about the fact that production of an EV emits 70% more greenhouse gases than that of a gas-powered car. And it'll take nearly a decade of driving to offset those emissions. Don't think. And don't think about all the DIY lithium miners freelancing for the Taliban, who you're essentially financing by buying this car. Don't think, and definitely don't think about the staggeringly unregulated process of lithium-ion battery production, the South African miners getting neurological diseases from huffing manganese dust, The assembly facilities built suspiciously close to forced labor camps in China.
3: Can't think. Got to drive.
2: Good. Big oil and the ruling class have conspired to make you believe the climate crisis is all your fault. And the only way out of this mess is through consuming even more. Electric vehicles are a capitalist-friendly way for granola yuppies to do their environmental virtue signaling for tech bros to feel intellectually superior, and for anxious parents to feel like they're building a better tomorrow. The same way they built their wealth, passively.
3: Look, is this shit going to save the planet or not?
2: Actually, it might. Synthetic fuels, sulfur-based batteries, hydrogen-powered engines, once they're properly developed, these could solve a lot of humanity's problems. But currently, they ain't so this toxic cocktail of trendiness and well-intentioned legislation is causing ev production to balloon before the technology is perfected deepening the chasm we so desperately need to drag our collective asses out of but that's for scientists and politicians to think about not you solution is coming but i need your money now so remember no think only drive less thinky, and more driving
3: what do you mean you forgot your jock
2: strap don't think just drive i've been
0: don't think just drive what do you think
1: <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> a little over the top but a lot of by the the visuals in this are great so if we can get the link posted i yeah, think absolutely. anybody wants to, <laughs> let's see so you enjoy that
1: yeah absolutely i i'll put that link up uh when i post the show
0: all right how much time we got
1: uh, you got about five minutes.
0: All right. Well, we're going to do our taxpayer relief shot. And for first-time listeners, I'll, I'll let the sheriff of uh, Santa, Rosa, Santa Rosa County, Florida, tell you why we call them taxpayer relief shots. And let me find this this little clip right here. And here we go. Here we go.
3: If somebody's breaking in your house. You're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers money.
0: Again, and for those who have never heard me say it, if uh, if a thug gets arrested in between a court-appointed attorney and 10 years in jail, that's a million dollars' worth of taxpayers' mm-hmm. money. Um, and I don't know why my taxpayer relief shot disappeared, but I know I have it right here. Let me just bring it up. Yeah. Hang on. And I did have it up, and it disappeared. Live radio, folks, or live, live uh, here we go. Oh, I had it here. No, well, actually, well. You know, I'm normally better prepared than this, but for some reason tonight, I wasn't you, here. You we just go. blame
1: it on the cold medicine, right? Blame
0: it on the cold medicine. You got it. Here we go.
1: One scoop of each Well, of course,
0: we got to do it through the obligatory five second answer. So here we go. <laughs>
1: morning,
2: a Fort Worth Middle School will have extra counselors after one of their students lost his life. An eighth grader shot and killed by a woman who says he was trying to break into her home. Chris Hideki joins us live outside Rosemont Middle School where that boy was a student. Chris, what have we learned about this investigation this morning?
3: Matt, we're still waiting to learn the identity of the teenager who was killed and also the person who may have shot him after a 911 burglary call. That call came in at around 3 a.m. on Tuesday morning from a woman who lives at a home on South Tree Court saying someone tried to break into her house. Fort Worth police said their officers went out, took a look around, and could not find a suspect. But right after leaving to complete the report, the woman called again reporting a burglary once more. And this time when the officers arrived, they found the eighth grader lying in the yard with a gunshot wound and he would ultimately die. Please.
0: Now, eighth grader, how old is an eighth grader?
1: Yeah. Uh, 14, 15.
0: Right. And it's three o'clock in the morning and this kid's out. And remember, and he's persistent because she heard him. She called the cops. He hides while the cops are there. Cops leave. And he comes back and tries it again. And it's three o'clock in the morning.
3: Here we go. say they found two bullet holes and a broken window and a wall at the woman's home and that the woman is being cooperative. The principal at Rosemont said in a letter to parents, he encourages them to be attentive and listen to their children and any possible signs that they might need help. Police did use this shooting as an opportunity to talk about their police athletic programs. Those are the programs that are set up to help children develop their social skills and other skills while at the same time keeping them off the streets. Back back to you, and yeah, Chris. Fort PD says that the whole purpose
2: behind those programs is to get kids off the street and active in the community. And you can find more information about them on their website.
0: by the way. And there was another another news report where they interviewed the mother, and she's blaming the woman who shot her son.
1: the The mother of the shooter.
0: The mother of the of the dead kid. The mother of the eighth yeah, grade. Yeah,
1: or... I'd like to know more. I'd like to know the the backstory of wh- why is this. I don't know, fourteen-year-old yeah. or so kid out on the street
0: Did- at three o'clock in the morning. On the, yeah, yeah, so, and and persistent again. You know, if it was me and I was you know messing around in somebody's backyard and the cops came, I would you know I'd be gone for the rest of the day. Apparently, he waited around for the cops to leave, and uh, and and, he, and as soon as they left, he tried it again. So, uh, so you know, the only two people to blame here are the kid and his mother. Uh, yeah. not, the, not the single, mo- not, and he probably knew since he was in the neighborhood, he was a neighborhood resident.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he probably was aware that she was a single, you know, single woman living alone, thought she'd be an easy target. Anyway, anything you want to add before we sign off?
1: No. So uh, as we enter again this this Christmas week, what are your, were your plans for the holidays,
0: Jersey Joe? Um, my plans are to stay off the highway. How about you?
1: <laughs> well, you I might a- venture across the river into New Jersey. You <laughs>
0: might, might go across the river again. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll bump into you if you're coming east. All right. Well, anyway, so I want to thank all of you listening podcasts for giving up thirty minutes of your day uh, to listen to things about what I find of interest. If you uh, want to see any of these story links, uh, just go to jerseyjoe.com. That's J-E-R-Z-E-E. Jerseyjoe.com. If you want to send me an email with a question or you want to request one of those links, just email me at joe at jerseyjoe dot com. Uh, just remember to spell uh, Jersey with a R and a Z and t- R Z and two E's. Other than that, uh, producer Susan, talk to you next week. You can be around.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get those links up on the website.
0: All right. Talk to you next week and you have a good All right. Christmas. All right. Take care. as bye well. bye. Bye-bye.